the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lewis, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. Handle their business against the Chicago Bulls, winning by a score of 121 to 108. Uh, can't say that there weren't some shaky moments. Like, you know, the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls have made some 20-point comebacks against the Raptors. You know, we could think back to the play-in. We could think back to the second game of the season. Um and even though the Raptors generally match up well with the Bulls, even though the Raptors feels like they generally know how to play the Bulls, um, they know where their advantages are. They know what they can do in the pick and roll. And they know, um, you know, even the matchups defensively, you know, uh, they have those down against Chicago. But it always reaches a point, usually in the second half, Raptors are up 20 plus, Raptors are up big, they're coasting. And all of a sudden, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan start to go off. And, uh, you know, there were definitely some scary moments in this one. Zach Levine uh, knocking down a whole bunch of threes. I mean, he can really go. I mean, he plays by himself, but, you know, he, he makes a lot of shots. And uh, a lot of them are difficult shots, too. So they cut it down. The Bulls get as close as, I believe, seven points um, against the Raptors. And at that point, uh, the Raptors call the timeout. And, you know, five minutes left, seven-point game. The Bulls are making all the shots. They have the hottest shooter in the whole building is Zach Levine. How do the Raptors handle it? And at that point, I think it it started to get interesting to me um, because the Raptors had gotten open shots, as they did all night, but some of them started uh, failing to drop. You know, Dennis had an open three, couldn't knock it down. Gary had an open three, couldn't knock it down. Uh, Dennis with another open three, couldn't knock it down. And finally... It was OJ Anobi who hit a corner three off a nice pass from Scotty. Honestly, it wasn't even that open for OG, but OG had been hot in this game. Didn't hesitate. Switched the three. That pushed it back to 10. And it was just this nice little sigh of relief, really, because the Bulls had been coming on strong. And, and the more you miss, the more you give your opponent that confidence. And uh, that OG three lifted the lid off the rim. That sparked, I think, the Raptors' energy defensively, too, because Scotty, I thought, turned it up to another level. He had a possession where he had to rotate over to Levine, uh, but was all over him. Zach kind of dribbled it off and kind of kicked the ball. Uh, Somehow it wasn't called, but uh, it it ended up in Vucevic's hands, and uh, he got an empty possession, which, uh, you know, got the stop for the Raptors. Then Dennis goes back the other way, and he realizes that he has the advantage over Kobe White. Defensively, the Bulls are trying to hide Kobe White. They need him for his offense. He's a really good shooter. Um but Dennis was able to get a quick drive, sneak past Colby White, and get to the cup for another layup. That made it 12. Then OG comes down, and he's guarding DeMar DeRozan, as he did for most of the night. And uh, DeMar goes for the pull-up. OG was there, right there for the contest. And the Raptors able to get the rebound. And the Raptors go the other way. Pascal drives downhill against Zach Levine, and he gets the foul call. And, uh, you know, that kind of really just puts the Bulls back, uh, you know, where they belong, which was kind of down a comfortable 15, 18 points. And, um, you know, you, you do have to give them some respect in the sense that, you know, when they turn it on, when Zach starts to get going, when Vooch decides to, you know, actually look at the rim rather than just like, you know, passively playing around when DeMar obviously has his moments, like, you know, they can get a little scary. They have a couple of pressure defenders. You know, Alex Caruso didn't really feature much in the second half. I'm not sure what happened there. Did he pick up a knock or something? But, um, you know, they still have Javon Carter out there. They still have Patrick Williams, who actually had a pretty nice 
second half, knocking down some threes, getting a Euro step to fall, all this other kind of stuff. But um, yeah, Raptors are the better team and they handle the business. And in, in many ways, it felt like this is how the playing game should have been. Because one thing with Chicago is because of the fact that they have really poor interior defense uh, with Vucevic, the Raptors are able to A, move him around in the pick and roll. And they got lots of looks to Jakob sliding behind him. Even moves where, like, it wasn't even, um, like, he wasn't even open. Like, Jakob was just throwing a little up fake and then stepped through. That's a devastating move that, you know, he was able to do a lot last year when he came over the tread deadline. Hasn't been using it as much this year. But used it to great effect today. Got uh, downhill against, uh, you know, Vucevic plenty of times. So they, they have the pick and roll against Vucevic. They have Dennis who can also slash and get downhill against him and um, there's not much of a threat of him coming in and blocking the shot but the Raptors also have the usual post offense right you know and, and I thought maybe Chicago actually came out in this one with a pretty clear emphasis where um, the, Billy Donovan was like we're not going to let Pascal you know attack in the post against us we will send the double teams uh, and, and we will show extra bodies on the drives that's something the Chicago does do a good job of is using the guards to wall off drives and so a lot of Pascal's drives in the first half especially because the foul uh the whistle is pretty tight in the sense that, like, you know, the Bulls can get away with a lot of contact and bump Pascal or whatever, and, and it wasn't really going anywhere. They weren't getting foul calls for it. But they did a really good job of zoning up against Pascal, showing two bodies, uh, you know, doubling him when he's in the post, making it difficult for him to even get to his spots in the first place. And um, why not? Like, Pascal has been the Raptors' leading scorer the last couple of games. You just saw, well, he had 36 against the Pacers. If you watch that game, you'd probably be like, okay, let's take Pascal from, from the paint. The thing is, Pascal did a really good job of playmaking to start the game, and I think that really set a nice tone. I think Pascal had like five assists just in the first quarter alone, set up an OG three, set up a Dennis three. Like, it was just making good passes, finding the Jakob on the roll, and, you know, playing that kind of unselfish basketball. In fact, he even picked up some turnovers just off of trying to make the extra pass out, but it was the right play. He just didn't get the deliveries right a couple of times. So... Yeah, man, I, I, I got to hand it to the Raptors. They came out really sharp. They came out really strong. Having OG to guard DeMar is such a nice luxury. Um, you know, DeMar is obviously a really tricky cover, you know, and uh, he, he's he's so he's such a specific um, assignment because nobody else really plays like DeMar anymore. All the pivots, the fact that he's able to post, the fact that he's able to just shoot mid-range anytime he wants. Like, it's a, it's a really difficult difficult assignment and um but it's something that og has really studied you know og has really obviously not only been his teammate but has played chicago a ton of times and he's always when available the option to go to against demar Rosen. i thought he did a great job against him but i always think that og has a little bit extra offensively i gotta look up his numbers when he plays against demar but it seems like og always has a little bit extra when he plays against demar knowing that he can get at him defensively and i don't even think demar was like particularly like leaky defensively he was in positions but og had an extra bit of confidence it helped that he knocked down his threes i mean five of seven from three from og was awesome um, but og also got downhill a couple of times as well uh, and and in the moments where og was smothered he was able to make the extra pass out and, and convert a couple of plays so you know, I, I was really happy. Like, the fact that OG won the matchup against DeMar DeRozan, um, not only forcing DeMar to shoot 7 of 16 from the field uh, with only four assists, but OG outscored him. He had 26 points. That uh, was uh, to lead the Raptors with all those threes, including the big one at the end there, as I mentioned, to, uh, you know, just lift the lid off the rim and just give the Raptors a bit of relief. It feels like so many times Raptors get into crunch time and they just see that one bucket from somebody. And you don't know, A, where it's going to come from, but B, 
uh, you don't know if they're actually going to convert their open chances. And uh, that that three from OG was massive. I certainly felt a lot better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think overall, like it was just a nice team effort. First off, every starter came in and played their role kind of beautifully. Again, I just think the Raptors match up well with Chicago. Um, you know, you have Yak who can do a good job against Vooch. Vooch was trying to get it going early, single coverage. Um, the Raptors had, uh, you know, Yak up there. And look, single coverage, I don't really see why uh, he can't stop a guy like Vucevic. And, and, and twice, Jakob got the stop against Vooch at the beginning of the game. It felt like that from that point onwards, they just didn't give Vooch the ball. Um, he was mostly there as a screener. I, I was a little worried of him popping out for three, but he was turning down threes as well and trying to playmake and stuff. So, you know, that wasn't as much of a concern. You know, OG had DeMar. The only concern at the start and throughout the game was Zach Levine. And Zach had it going, and it was like Pascal took a turn guarding him. Scotty had some possessions guarding him. OG eventually switched on him, guarding him. It kind of didn't matter. Zach was a little terrifying that way. Like, he would just come in, play with a little bit of pace, and then pull up. And just over and over again, the jumper, the pull-up jumper was just absurd. And, of course, he can get to the basket as well. But largely speaking, it was just the pull-ups, man. And he was 16 of 23. And it felt like, I don't know, it felt like at least 14 of those were just, like, self-created ones where he's he's attacking off the dribble, he's attacking off the bounce. Um, he just wouldn't miss. Contested, doesn't matter. He would make those, too. So... Um, that was the main issue uh, for the Raptors defensively. And, and look, it didn't hurt them because Raptors got off to such a great start. They led 36 to 22 after the first quarter. But, you know, throughout the game, the middle of the game, you know, the Bulls were able to score mostly because they got it to Zach. And a couple other plays in between there. When the Raptors turn the ball over, you know, their, their, their transition defense is a little leaky still. And I feel like the Raptors can still you know, do a better job. I think the Bulls are, are, are like a pesky team. They do create some deflections, all that kind of stuff. But like, ultimately, the Raptors do throw some bad passes as well. There was a stretch there in the second quarter where I think Dennis threw two passes out of bounds. Um, and yeah, I mean, both passes would have, it, it wasn't difficult passes either. And it was like both passes, if they had connected, would have resulted in the Raptors getting uh, open threes, which they were actually knocking down today. So some of those are unforced, but still, um, overall, I think the Raptors starters did a really great job. At that point, it was just about what was the bench going to do, right? And the bench is always a bit of a questionable. And, you know, the more I think about it, I'm just like, can I just get one guy off the bench to come in and do something notable um, in each half? And then everyone else, if they just played solid, that's okay to me. And I thought the first half, the difference maker coming off the bench was Gary Trent. He ends up finishing with 16 points, a 6 of 13 shooting, uh, got 4 of 9 from 3. Uh, a rebound, two assists, a steal. I mean, it's the classic Gary stuff, but you got to steal at the half, ran it in for a layup, uh, knocked down some catch-and-shoot threes, got in a good rhythm, playing with the starters. And yeah, the Raptors got, you know, that little bit of scoring punch from Gary. This is like, this should be an average game from Gary. You know what I mean? Like, all things considered, like, based on what he's done in his career, 16 points to 6 to 13 shooting with four threes like, and, and very little else, like, that should be pretty normal. And as long as they got that from him, I, I was pretty happy with sort of ultimately... Um, what what the bench was giving them. I mean, my other worry was, okay, Precious comes in and, and, and he's been under the you know microscope recently, mostly because he's been playing poorly. Coming out, in and out of the lineup today, he was questionable, but I was at a uh, shoot-around this morning to, to interview Garrett Temple, and in the two hours there, you know, he was going through all the warm-ups and, you know, all that kind of stuff and playing the scrimmage games. He looked solid, so I was like, okay, it seems like he's going to play, and he did play. But you never know. Like, you, you do worry sometimes. Like, is he going to make some mistakes, all that kind of stuff? I'm here to tell you, man, Precious played a really, really good game. Maybe played, like, two, 
notable mistakes, maybe. And one of them, you know, he, he tried to, it was a classic repeating mistake where he tries to drive it downhill in transition full speed and loses the ball going out of bounds. Luckily, the ball was able to be recovered. It was like tipped out or something. So the Raptors still kept possession. There was that another play where I think he missed a dunk. But ultimately, Precious played really well. Um, maybe his best game of the season, I would say. Eight points, seven rebounds, four assists, three offensive. I think each time he got the offensive rebound, he kicked it out for an open three. And and I think that those were all massive. That's also part of the assist as well. But three blocks as well. I think, you know, he was able to come in and provide some energy. Total change of look defensively when you have Yak out there versus when you have Precious out there. Um, you know, I think the rebounding is also a little bit different as well. He's able to really jump in. And, and, and the Raptors don't go for offensive rebounds as much, nearly as much as they did in previous years. But you know, Precious can still get in there. And, and despite a size mismatch, I mean, first time he played against Andre Drummond and whatever, Drummond was like a minus 10 in six minutes and, and the Bulls struggled in his minutes. But like, that's still not an easy matchup by any means, man. That's like a 300 pound man. So, um, yeah, I thought Precious was able to really win his minutes. And, and that that really helped because, again, I, I'm not expecting that much from the bench. Didn't really get that much else. You know, Chris cut in for a layup or whatever. Uh, Malachi, you know, couldn't really get opportunities to get free, although he, I thought he played a decent floor game, didn't turn the ball over. And then Grady, you know, I do worry about him when he's out there, played nine minutes, you know, was kind of floating around. But the one opportunity came around the screen and curled, got into mid-range and was aggressive with the shot, and he got fouled going to the free throw line, making both. So stuff like that, I'm like, okay, that's okay. I also know that the Chicago's bench just wasn't really notable. Like, nobody was coming off the bench doing anything. I would say Pat Williams, uh, he, and he got two threes to drop late. Like, in literally the last minute of the game when it didn't matter anymore, he finished with 12 points. So, he's telling me, oh, the bulk of the game, he had six. You know, Torrey Craig with five. He's in there for some pesky defense and, and, and jumps around for offensive rebounds. But, you know, not too much of a threat otherwise. Uh, Drummond, you know, struggled. Javon Carter was in for some pressure defense. Actually, a plus 13, but it's mostly because he was playing with Zach Levine. You know, Dasumnu, I mean, didn't make any difference today. I barely even noticed him. And I really like him as a player, but didn't see much out of him. So, you know, the fact that the Raptors were able to get that a little bit of scoring off the bench from from Gary and then also, you know, Precious just making the right plays on both ends just made it a lot more solid. And anytime the starters came in, they played really well, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the formula. Like, if you really were to draw up a formula for how the Raptors win games, this is pretty close to it. This is pretty close to it. But, you know, I still have to say, though, there, there were some challenges. There, there were some challenges. I think defensively, you know, obviously Zach and, and, and DeMar posed real threats. And I have to salute guys like, you know, Scotty for stepping up and, and really showing a lot of energy against Zach. You know, at, at a certain point, you have to show the respect to the opponent. And if they're really cooking like that, you got to make adjustments. And, you know, I thought Scotty did a lot better in terms of, like, you know, um, getting him downhill. Chasing him from behind for some blocks. He did that a couple of times. Scotty had, what, two blocks? Should have had three, really. One of them was uh, was a bad foul call, whatever. But, you know, he should have had three. Um, but I thought he did a great job of, of guarding, provided a ton of energy as well. And I thought Darko also really helped out because it's like, you know what? If one guy's cooking you like that on the other end, you have to do something else, you know? You're trying OG on him and it's still not working. Probably got a time. Probably got to try a trap. And the Raptors did come out of the timeout in the fourth quarter, going to a couple of traps. And, you know, I, I, I don't think the Bulls were expecting it because the Raptors have not really done that this year where they've tracked pit, uh, pick and rolls, especially with Jakob. But, you know, at that point, the Bulls had cut it under 10 points, under like seven minutes. Like, it's a real game at that point. And, you know, it wasn't working. You know, Zach was just coming down and knocking down jumpers, pull up. So coming off those screens with Vucevic, the Raptors had adjusted by putting... Uh, Yak, 
higher in the pick and roll, trapping, forcing the ball out of Zach's hands. And to his credit, Zach did make good passes out of those. Um, it wasn't the quickest pass, but still he made the right pass on target out to you know Vucevic, who was able to look. Honestly, Vucevic probably should have just taken those threes. I mean, he's a good shooter, and that, that's what you know his value is 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 the offensive end, and he's very versatile on that front. But he was turning down threes. He was trying to get downhill, and the Raptors were able to force stops both times when he did that. And that just kind of provided a little bit of relief. But, yeah, overall, like, you know, it, it, it's it's good to see that from from Darko, too, because, you know, last year from the Raptors, if, if a game like this happened, even before Zach Levine started getting going, they probably would have started trapping him. That's how much the Raptors love trapping last year. And, of course, you flip the defense around this year. They're much more solid, much more conservative. Um but say, you know, like you, you get to certain points and you just got to do what you got to do. And I was happy to see that from a bit of a feisty game from the Bulls. I know they're not a happy squad right now. Every, every you know, report is that the Bulls are going to blow it up and they're going to trade everybody. And what are they right now? Five and 12 on the season. Yeah, they're five and 12 on the season. They're one and six away from home. They had a players only meeting after one game this year, if you remember uh, they really should have lost that first game to the Raptors, too, if not for some miracles and some bad uncalled plays uh, that the last two-minute report suggested. Of course, the Raptors also blew it themselves. I'm not trying to absolve them, but still, ultimately, you know, uh, they got an assist on that one. And, um, yeah, like, they're not a happy group, and you saw it here today, man. DeMar DeRozan picking up with the Tech um, in the first half. DeMar also had a play. I, I just, I, Listen, I've watched DeMar a lot. Like, uh, you know, everyone in DeMar, Toronto loves DeMar when he came back. He got the warm applause, you know, by the the home market here. I gave him the big applause as well because, you know, he deserves it, man. He really – great dude in addition to what he did for the Raptors. My, one of my first ever one-on-one interviews was with DeMar DeRozan. And uh, I was mad nervous about it, but he uh, he made it real easy and gave me some great answers as he always does. So regardless, DeMar had a play in the end of the first half where he went up for the pull-up jumper against OJ Anobi, missed the jumper, even though there was very, very little contact, like literally no contact that would change any actual part of the shot. And then DeMar, like, scissor kick, fell over, and complained to the officials, and, you know, he got the foul call. And that's when Darko looked at the in-arena replay and went for the challenge. And honestly, it was funny watching it because um, it was Vivek Jacob, a friend of the program, who was who pointed this out. He was like, because you could see the review from the NBA, like the Sakakis, like the review center or whatever. And they were just like zooming in and like fast and going slow-mo, slow-mo over and over again on just watching uh, OG's contest. The, the, the stick hand was like maybe touching DeMar's elbow to the point where they slowed it down so much. You know, the comparison of VAR, which which Vivek made, was actually pretty similar because that's what they do in EPL. That's that's the video assistant, you know, uh, review is like they would literally slow it down to this most marginal degree, draw some lines, and then just like change the whole game based on that. And like it was so stupid. It was such a stupid thing. To me, I'm like, look, f- forget the arm there. What about Demar's egregious flop when he's like scissor kicking as if he like a baby fell in a bathtub or something? Like, what are we doing? Like, that's clearly a flop. And he had already been called for a tech earlier in that game. That that could have officially uh, got him ejected. He actually got ejected late in the game anyway, but whatever. Um, but still, unhappiness there. You got Javon Carter getting a tech. You got, what, I think Donovan might have got a tech. Zach Levine got a tech. Like, just, and, and what I'm happy with is the Raptors making all those technical free throws, right? You know, not the same thing as last year in the playing tournament with the Raptors, who, who outplayed the Bulls for the bulk of the game. No doubt, but they should have just won on the on on the strength of the fact that they 
got to the foul line so much. I think they went like 18 or 36 from the free throw line and they lost by one possession. How do you miss 18 free throws in a game that you lose by one possession? You were clearly, you played better than your opponent and you couldn't knock down the free throws. So it was a, it was a relief to see the Raptors hit their free throws, but it's not a happy team, the Bulls, man. And, and even with Zach going off, he goes off by himself. You know, like there's nothing else that like, okay, he's going off. Now he's making the passes out and it's creating all this for the others. And, and, and there's like a good mood about it. It's just like, oh, I'm pissed that my team's down. So I'm just going to score, 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 score. It's not really going to do that much in terms of um, making the comeback because my, my, my team's not going to play enough defense behind me. And certainly I'm not going to play enough defense behind them. But, you know, um, yeah, like it, 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 it didn't change the game all that much. Having said that, though, wow, it, the scoring is really, really uh, mesmerizing to watch. Um, you know, he can get super aggressive. Obviously, he can get downhill as well. But the pull-up jumper is really smooth. And, and you know, thinking from like a trade uh, perspective, whether that's for Toronto, and I think that's unlikely that they, they go ultimately in this direction. But whether that's for Toronto or any other team, like if you have a really good defense, and you just need a bit of scoring. Like, Zach Levine would fit decently in your squad. Now, the only issue is he's making so much money. And you got to figure out if you have the kind of money to do that. But, you know, he could really go. And you got to give him his respect. Because, again, anybody... Like, OG's like the sniff test, you know? Like, anybody who can really, uh, you know, go at OG and still get their points and still get um, their usual averages, then to me, like, that, that to me tells you that your defense is sort of impervious or your offense is impervious to defense because OG obviously is an incredible defender. I thought he played a really good game, but uh, that that didn't matter against a pure hooper like Zach. He, he really was having a good time. So, But ultimately, like, the Bulls have their own issues. You know, like, Kobe White, they need him on the floor, but like, he can't really guard. You know, Nick Vucevic looks confused half the time when I watch him. Like, yeah, what's he really doing out there? Like, they are, you know, um, Caruso came in out of the group. I mean, I think he fits a couple different things, but he wasn't really making as much of an impact today. So the Raptors also handled his over physicality pretty well because he kind of overplays a lot of things. He's a very smart player overall, anyway. It's not, I'm not saying he gets everything just from overplaying, but you know, still, like, I think the Raptors covered him decently or, or, or adjusted to his uh, defense uh, decently. But you know, the, they don't really have much different speakers off the bench. Um, last, last time the Raptors played the Bulls. Their bench was able to outplay the Toronto's bench, but you know the Raptors' bench at that point was really struggling, and it was a lot of the Bulls turning up the the pressure um, with their uh, with their intensity, getting offensive rebounds, crashing, you know, like uh, you know, forcing opponents or forcing the Raptors out of their plays and out of their sets by uh, using their physicality to knock people off their spots and off their cuts. Like that didn't really happen as much today. So uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, it's it's a team that the Raptors are better than. They take care of business. They 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 they, they beat them. And I'm happy about their, you know, responses late because to me, it's like you do want like that is the main concern with the Raptors that I, I'm not totally sure of is can they get a bucket when the game gets tight? And maybe that's a lingering concern watching the last couple of years. But this year, I think they've actually done a decent job of it. Like they've been in a number of close games and today wasn't necessarily that close. Like it wouldn't even count for the NBA.com's like um, clutch statistics, right? Because that's within five points under five minutes. They were within seven points with seven minutes to go. Like, that's not quite clutch time. But still, you can feel the momentum shifting, right? You're up huge, you're up double digits, and you see this opponent coming at you, and, you know, it doesn't seem like anything's really working against them. And, you know, similar to the games that they had, you know, against San Antonio, similar to the games that they had against Washington, um, similar to the game that they had against the Pacers. Like, they actually have been able to come up with uh, key scores 
late in games. This one, it was the OG corner three. Uh, but you know, against Indiana, it was the you know the the play to get Scotty the uh, you know the the keeper play for the dunk and one end of the game go up and ultimately win that one. Uh, in the Wizards game, it was Pascal with the mid range pull up over Jordan Poole uh, to put to complete the comeback and push the Raptors ahead. In the San Antonio game, it was Scotty Barnes taking the step back three and tying the game and then winning it in overtime. Like you know, they've had decent performances in the clutch this year and i and i feel like part of that is you know a you don't really know who's gonna get it but also b like i think part of that is just you know darko's drawing up some good plays out of these timeouts like another play today where um i think the raptors had called timeout because the bulls started maybe the third quarter strong or whatever like, yeah the bulls made a start the third quarter strong um like they made like two layups and Darko was like, nah, timeout after two minutes. It's like, no, 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 I'm not feeling this. And that, you know what? That's a good timeout because it's early. You cut off the momentum early. And I think what the play they came out with was uh, they got the ball to yak at the elbow, set a little uh, off ball screen for Scotty to get downhill, uh, force a potential switch. And uh, not only was the switch, if they had conceded the switch, it probably would have been a small going on to, to, to Scotty. Uh, but the switch didn't even happen. And so yaks through a nice high low feed to Scotty who continued his cut for for a dunk like just stuff like that where they they keep coming out of timeouts finding yak and that keeps getting the ball moving and and especially when they're able to get the ball to yak at the elbows that sort of frees up the paint i mean mean, there are certain opponents where they might sit back and just let yak have the ball there but tonight um you know vucevic was worried I, i i don't know i mean i guess the coverage was just stick close to him so when you have Jakob with the ball at the elbow and that takes the center out of the paint, and that creates an opportunity to cut in behind. And that's been a lot of their go-to plays out of these after timeouts is just, you know what? Get the ball to Yak in the post. Let guys cut around them and, and make some plays. It's not entirely dissimilar than what, uh, you know, Marcus Gasol used to do in the two years he was a Raptor and two glorious years he was a Raptor. But, yeah, it's good stuff. And, yeah, good execution by the team as a whole. They keep playing well. I think, honestly, the more they find Yak, the better. I mean, look, yeah, it's up to Yak to play better, too. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, they just got to force-feed Yak. But I, I always look at it, like, especially when opponents like Chicago, for example, they want to put a lot of pressure and they want to deny Scotty getting downhill or Pascal getting downhill. And they're overplaying, they're helping. Like, you know, when you're unable to get to positions where you can touch the paint, um, with your natural movement, like you probably need to then just look for your big because your big is probably already in the paint. And it's kind of like Jakob, you can trust him to catch the ball. I know the last couple of games he's been slipping, but overall, like he's a shorthanded player. You get him the ball and let him make a couple of decisions for you just so that you can like maybe get them to back off a little bit because they're like, oh, actually, the action's going over here. And then that frees up your guys. But, you know, even finding him on the roll, the help obviously always comes, well, not always, but a lot of times help comes from the opposing big. And so, yeah, you know, uh, Yak is Yak is there. He's available, and um, you know, I know he hasn't played his best all season, uh, but he's a quality player, no doubt. And you saw here tonight. I thought he did a really good job of connecting the play for the Raptors. So that's pretty much all I have to say about this win. Um, your three stars from tonight's performance. I'm giving the first star to OG and Anobi. Twenty six points, six rebounds, three assists, a steal, ten of fourteen from the field, five of seven from three. His only mistake, I think, on both ends. Uh, and and this is also including holding DeMar to 19 points, which is great. Uh, his OG's only mistake was he turned down a three in the fourth quarter when the kickout came to him. He was open. DeMar had helped off. 
And instead of just taking that three, he sidestepped into, well, first off, he sidestepped into a travel. But second of all, he sidestepped, that travel actually got him closer to DeMar on the closeout, which so made the shot harder. So that's the only time. Just take the threes, OG. You're, you're, the, you're a really good shooter. And the Raptors have gotten them better, better looks, and he looks confident. And again, I'm very thankful that he was the one who took the lid off the rim. Uh, your second star, Get out to Scotty Barnes. Uh, 13 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal, 2 blocks, 5 offensive rebounds. I mean, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Scotty these days. He's, uh, I mean, all season really, but he's knocking down a 3. He is getting downhill. He probably could have gotten a couple more foul calls in this one. I mean, like, they weren't really calling anything, and that was a bit of a problem. And you could tell that, um, you know, a game officiated by Evan Scott probably is going to lead to a lot of uh, discussions around the officiating, and the Bulls weren't happy, the Raptors weren't happy at times too, but... Um, yeah, I, th- I thought Scotty just did a really good job connecting plays, making, you know, getting himself available, getting downhill, taking the right shots too. Um, and yeah, fearless from three, you know, making the, the connecting passes, the defense is there. Just does a little bit of everything. Like he contributes on so many possessions when he's out there. And it's never, it doesn't have to be the same thing. It doesn't have to be the same way, but he's really skilled. He's able to do it in a variety of fashions. So I'm happy with his play today. Second star, third star. Um, you know what? I'll give it to Yak. 15 points, 10 rebounds, 4 offensive, 3 assists, 2 steals, a block. There's a case for Pascal here. I thought he really set the tone and played in the right way today. Uh, when the defense overplays him, he doesn't have to shoot. He's gonna, he's just going to take that and flip it on their head and make great assists. I thought he did a great job starting out the game. Um, you know, but, you know, he didn't really get a scoring on until late. And he actually got a couple points in the fourth quarter, which is really great. Um, but yeah, I think over the balance of the game, I, I really like Yak's role in this one. Seven of eight from the field, 15 points, thoroughly outplayed Nick Vucevic. Um, you know, did a decent job defensively, although there's only so much that he can do. Late in the game, when they, when they asked him to come out and switch and show, or not switch, but just just hedge, I thought he actually did a really good job of doing that uh, and just taking Zach just a little bit out of his comfort zone and forcing him to pass the ball. And um, yeah, but overall, I think it's what's what's been great to see is just his connected play. And um, whether that he's the guy who's getting, getting the ball rolling downhill or um, he's making the extra passes out, uh, it was it was a nice one for Jakob. Uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner for the opposing player that randomly lit up the Raptors. I don't, I don't even know. I honestly, it's hard to give it to Zach Levine because he's a, he's a bona fide scorer. But I'm gonna give it to Zach Levine. I mean, again, if you if you get covered at OG and you still go off, then it, it, much respect to you, man. Thirty six points, four rebounds, three assists. Steal sixteen to twenty three. He might have hit like ten pull up jumpers in this one. It was very very impressive to watch. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if the Raptors want to trade for him. I mean, he obviously is there. I could see a fit, but financially, it is it is quite cumbersome. And uh, I don't know. I'm not totally sure that he's the guy, but he is definitely a guy who can really really go. So salute to him. So that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, man, listen to the interview with Garrett Temple that uh, I was able to get down to practice for today. Garrett is a really good speaker, really interesting dude. I love his perspective on things. And uh, yeah, can't, can't recommend that uh, enough. But uh, otherwise, have a great weekend. And uh, I'll be back to recap the Raptors game on Sunday when they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. 